Today, Cheryl Prager is one of Australia's leading mathematicians. And yet, in the late 1960s, when she was finishing high school, a career in mathematics seemed highly improbable. So they were selling newspapers in the street with the results of the senior examination. I was working at Myers in the city and the newspaper was going to come out at about 11 o'clock. So my mum came into town and we went out to buy a newspaper and we opened it up and I found out that I'd got six A's and a B. And I burst into tears. I was so relieved. A lady came through saying, oh, don't worry, dear, you can always do something later, thinking I was very upset at having bad results. But having such results was very exciting. And about an hour later, I discovered that I had won an open scholarship as well. That means I'd come in the top 25 in Queensland. And that, of course, meant I was definitely going to get the Commonwealth Scholarship and be able to go to university. But even with such good grades and a Commonwealth scholarship, doubt still lingered. I had really great teachers. They were all at the end of their careers and they sort of assumed and supported me to go to university, whereas I thought it wasn't a given at all because we didn't have much money. It was a really very good school I was at in the city. I felt extremely fortunate to be there, but I also felt that I didn't know whether I was good enough. It just seemed to me like I'd come from a country school to a city school and I was you know, in a, a bit of a larger pond and trying to work out whether I was good enough to be there. And then to think to go from there to the one university in the state to know whether I would be good enough to continue my, my studies there. It was, well, it was a big unknown and there was nobody in my family that had that experience so they didn't know how to support me. I knew that I could only go if I got a scholarship because I had two younger brothers and they would be the ones that would be <laughs> given, the, given the extra funds that we might have in the family. So I, I had to work really hard and it was still a sacrifice for my parents to allow me to keep studying. So it wasn't clear at all that I was going to be allowed to go to university. I think once my mum decided that I could be a mathematics teacher, then she was quite happy to allow me to study maths because she wanted to make sure that I would be able to support myself later on in life. When I won a vacation scholarship to the Australian National University in Canberra, I saw a research department of mathematics and people teaching and learning and studying, doing research in maths that I thought, oh, this is absolutely what I want to do. So it was at that stage that I realised that there was some future beyond the undergraduate course that I would really love to do. And then I thought, I'll just do this as long as I can. And then if I don't get a job, I will I will just change and do something else. I thought maybe I'll be a social worker or maybe I'll do something completely different. But as long as I can do mathematics, then I'm going to keep on doing it. And was there any particular area within mathematics that really drew you in? Very much liked the algebraic way of thinking, the discrete maths. And I fell in love with category theory and homological algebra. And I thought this was going to unify all of mathematics and that's what I was going to do in the future. Were there many women around at the time studying mathematics or within the department? I was the only girl out of 20 of us in second year, and then the only girl out of 12, and then the only girl out of eight in my fourth year as honours. So it was really very few women students studying. On the other hand, 
in my second year and in my third year, we had two very wonderful women lecturers. Professor Anne Street was my um, lecturer in second year, and then uh, Dr. Sheila MacDonald in that time. Sheila lectured us in our third year. So I knew that there were women around, just not very many of them. <laughs> that's, that's highly unusual even these days. Where it must have been very unusual back then. I had a wonderful advisor, Professor B.H. Neumann, Bernard Neumann. Uh, I remember that I wrote 13 or 14 handwritten drafts of the paper. Julie posted them from Brisbane to Canberra and they came back with lots more recommendations for changes. And after 13 of these backwards and forwards, we had the paper ready and it was all handwritten. For young people finishing high school these days and contemplating a career in mathematics, would you say things have changed a lot? Oh, absolutely. I think it's completely different for for young people, including young girls going through school. There are many, many more jobs available and it's easy, I think, to find out about what is available. There's the internet, there's the web to find out, there's courses, there's much more support. And our undergraduate courses would have, say, 40, 60, I mean, quite quite large proportions of girls compared with the numbers when I was going through. And it's not just the maths courses, but science courses, engineering courses. When I started, there were zero girls in the engineering year, that year. And the next year, there were three out of several hundred. Whereas now they're, they're still pretty low, but it, it's at least in the decades of, of the percentages now that there are many more girls available. There are many more women on the staff. It's a much better mix of gender. Let's hope there's other diversity represented as well in, in what the young people see, that, that there is a, a place for them in studies and then in the workplace. Cheryl Prager, a mathematician and, and pioneer in, in maths, thanks so much for joining us on the 5 with 5 podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Rob.